Today we journey in an attempt to understand prophets. Understanding prophecy is a way of truth-telling and even perhaps through God the ability to warn folks of that which is to come. Today we encounter prophecy through Amos. Amos, a least likely character who isn't actually believed for his prophetic witness. Yet today, our encounter with Amos enables our position to see modern prophets, not just those written in our sacred texts or even those written in our history books, but also those who walk beside us and even perhaps resemble the care and love of Christ. A reading from Amos. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, See, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid to waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all of his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go flee away to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and it is the temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people, Israel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Pray with me. God of peace and justice be here today. Surround me and us in your words. Gather us in our listening Shift our priorities. Teach us about your prophetic power and allow us to recognize the living prophets among us. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few years ago, I found myself at a conference held by the Forum for Theological Exploration in Atlanta, Georgia. There I gathered among a diverse group of young people around the topic we knew as call, our call, which for me was the unrelenting pull in my soul since the tender age of seven, 
the driving force behind my passion towards living a life of gospel ministry, call. The one thing in this place we all had in common, one way or another, it was call that shifted each of us from being a visitor to belonging. Call which bound us, call which inspired us, call which sustained us. And as a result of that which we heard in our call, we took note that it first began in our sight. Because what are you seeing, call ask? What are you seeing? And at this conference full of young people discerning what ministry would look like for each of us, I began to look around and see prophetic stories, not simply bodies. Stories walking and stories heard present in our midst were not just bodies, they were prophets. Prophets discerning, prophets walking, prophets teaching. And over the course of this three-day conference, I began to recognize people and their stories as prophets. What did I see? I saw embodied narratives running, running to grab our attention because Call had something to show us. Call had testament and concern. Call had wisdom and lessons. Call gave direction. And as the Reverend Hannah Adair Bonner taught us that week, her call causes her to do the work that calls her to go places where the voices sound like the prophets in the scriptures. Where the voices sounded like the prophets in the scriptures. And thus somehow she, the Reverend Hannah Adair Bonner, and I ended up there. For our story this morning begins with Amos. Amos, who had a deep prophetic voice, which was called by God, not because folks expected him to be called, but because he was indeed present. He was walking, living a quiet, ordinary life, not one of high status or popularity, but in a series of visions, God begins to speak to him. Amos, God calls Amos. For in this series of visions, God reveals to Amos that which is to come, that which is about to happen. Our scripture describes Amos saying, this is what the Lord showed me. God asked me, Amos, what do you see? And in this particular section of scripture, we are given this elaborate vision of God with a plumb line, a metaphorical string of enforcement structure and safety. Through this plumb line, God is giving a message to Israel. Get your life together, Israel, God says. Get your life together. It was a plumb line for personal assessment, not territorial gain. It didn't separate families and it didn't keep folks away from refuge, but it called us to look at our own personal moral responsibility. Get your life together, Israel, God warns. Get your life together. 
Yet even then, and just like now, people do not listen. They confronted Amos, they accused him of being a seer, a false prophet, perhaps. Amaziah says, Amos, you have it wrong. But Amaziah did not choose to see. Amaziah only chooses to speak. That's where Amaziah gets it wrong. For in fact, prophetic ability must come from the reflection of what do you see before you even begin to speak. Sure, you can begin this story today with the visions of Amos, but I would challenge us to reach deep into the embodied actions of Amos, even suggesting Amos's call to speak was demonstrated first through his actions before the command to prophesy. Amos prays, Amos inspires, Amos corrects, Amos is thus prophetic. Here there is evidence of prophetic power which is uncovered by the actions of Amos even before he begins to formally declare what thus says the Lord, prophetic ability isn't limited to the pulpit. It comes from the ways in which we interact with one another. Prophetic ability, that which speaks from within riddles of actions and blossoms of our care. She emerges in who we see and from which we see. Thus, prophetic ability must begin with our actions. Actions which allow us to be accountable for our movements even before we vocalize the beliefs that coincide with them. For civility may open the door to prophetic power, but it doesn't define its ability because prophetic voice moves beyond civility into the authentic actions which cause intentional discomfort for the sake of valuing those who are entrusted to them. Prophetic power shifts situations based on relationships. Relationship that causes us to look deeper into the lives we have chosen to live and those who we have chosen to share it with. It is not defined by the folks who speak, but it is embodied by the relationships that they carry. For in the sake of Amos, while the entire chapter moves us through a speaking motion, its agency is rooted in the relationships that Amos held with one another. Amos, a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees, first cared for the least of these before he was affirmed to continue to speak. His prophecies were a result of how he took care of those entrusted to him, not the other way around. For the scripture says, then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor am I a prophet's child, but I am a herdsman, a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people, Israel. Go prophesy to my people, Israel, God said. 
because Amos's prophetic work was already displayed by the cattle that were raised and the trees that were pruned. The starting place were trees and cattle. Trees and cattle, not title and title's ability, but trees and cattle. This suggests that relationship begins with our care for creation. How we see creation, how we hold creation, how we invite creation. Thus correlating relationship begins in who and what we have chosen to see. And yet prophetic ability cannot flourish if we and our privilege have chosen folks and situations of injustice to ignore. Because out of our care for creation, something restorative is birthed. Kindness is cradled. Justice is redeemed. Life becomes more bountiful because we have chosen to listen. True prophets learn how to speak through the restorative care they seek to create creating safety for the entirety of creation, but not at the expense of the least of these true prophets. Move beyond individual agency and acknowledge that we are not truly free until everyone is free. This suggests the question for us is not to ask ourselves, am I a prophet or are we prophets? The question we ask ourselves is, what do you see? It's the reverse of the am I that carries the enlightened perspective. In fact, in the asking of are we or am I, we have missed the essence of this prophetic movement because prophets do not come from the statement of I am but they come as a result of their actions which say you matter. You matter when it's tough. You matter even though people might not acknowledge you. You matter. You matter and I see you. Those are the motions of true prophets. And while the messages they carry may not always be pleasant, the concept of you matter now and you always will is always the underlining premise. Amos listens and speaks time and time again and like the prophecies in our own lives, it's up to us if we actually want to listen. For we must recognize Amos's prophecies aren't lighthearted. In fact, they wrestle with intentional destruction, but not at the expense of folks on the margins, because prophets do not always share a favorable message, nor do prophets always carry the popular opinion. But prophets do seek justice. They even see the outcast. For prophets so often are the voices we need even when we aren't looking for them. We can know them by their actions. They are our neighbors, they are strangers, they are our family, they are near to us. Prophets are walking. Modern prophets, my friends, are here and there. They speak even when we are not watching. 
because they have the ability to be present when folks need them the most. Modern prophets, they check us out in the convenience store, they march beside us, they notice you. They are the mamas who have lost children to gun violence. They are children who have been separated by their families. They are the outcast. And just maybe, when we are able to see this in the presence of prophets, we then can see the resemblance of Jesus because prophets sit beside us. They notice us and proceed to affirm God's affirming yes. Yes, you are loved. Yes, you are present. Yes, you are near. And yes, I see you. Even though systems don't. Yes, I see you. Even though some policies don't. Yes, I see you. Even though we collectively sometimes don't. For while the prophets, yes, Consents to one's visibility, it does not say yes to complacency. It is a lived reality, an embodied reality. It is a call. Seeing the prophets is us recognizing a call, us embracing a call, us taking notice of a call, a call to be more, to do more, and to love more, perhaps. It's even a call to do the work that goes places where the voices sound like prophets in the scripture. So where are the prophets, we'd ask? They are present in the discomfort. They are noticing creation by name and challenging us to do things in ways we have not done them before. Where are the prophets, we'd ask? They are walking among us, but they don't have to name themselves. For they watch and they listen and they move and in those actions, they are speaking. Where are the prophets, we'd ask? They're nearer to us than far away. We just have to be able to see them and perhaps in seeing the prophets, someone would ask, are you prophetic? First Congregational Church of Glen Ellen, are you prophetic? And then possibly together we'd be able to respond. We are not prophets. We don't even seek the title of a prophet, but we do care for the people, all people especially the least of these. For Christ has showed us through our actions that we are in community, called to speak, saying, go prophesy to my people, O Israel. Thanks be to God. Amen.